It'll be all about you destroying your your dryer in a fit of rage. Well, possibly. It's not destroyed yet. We're pre-destruction. I mean, I saw the picture. It looks like you just, just went at it, like, primal. Hi, I'm Steve. And I'm Zach, and this is Fireside Swift. How's it going, Zach? It's been a while. It's it's good to record the impossible episode. I know. this. Everything was out to make it so we couldn't record this episode, but not as much as the last two episodes that didn't get recorded, which is technically this episode. Exactly. Yeah. I'm going to let everybody else parse that out. <laughs> what you really mean what does he mean last two episodes yeah then? the ones that didn't happen <laughs> <laughs> the, the lost episodes the lost episodes which the, the are sh- really the impossible episode is that yeah, what you're saying yeah yeah all condensed into one impossible episode like that's isn't that like the the theme of lost anyways i didn't I see so. it but i think it has something to do with podcasting and episodes getting missing and and then we wake up and we figure out we're all dead actually is yeah, what yeah. happened? Something okay. like that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, no, it it has been a few weeks. Um, it's been very hectic for both of us, and things lined up such that when Steve was available, I was not, and yep. when I was available, Steve was not. Um, and in fact, something else happened today that tried to make me unavailable, but <laughs> I refused to let that happen. Yeah, it's nice when things explode, or is it that? You just decided you wanted to destroy it. Uh, first of all, it melted. And second of all, um, <laughs> it may be destroyed. We're, I haven't put it to get back together again. So yeah. we'll see. We'll yeah. see after tomorrow. Uh, engineers all th- always think they can take stuff apart and put it back together. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. You know what I was thinking? And... I, I'm going to say this now and hope that people listen to the episode, the post show for context. I, while I was taking it apart, I was really wishing that there was some sort of source control for appliances. <laughs> I just, I did. I took out a, there was at one point I took out a screw and I was like, I really wish I could just revert back. If this is not the screw that I needed to take out. I think, yeah, I think the best of that is like what taking pictures as you're taking it apart and maybe taking notes too, but that's, that would never get done. Yeah. Like it would take me three extra days. I know. I know. And this really would be the impossible episode. <laughs> Good luck with that. Um, okay. So do we have any follow up that uh, we should talk about? Cause I mean, it's been three weeks since our last episode. We have a lot of follow-up. Yeah. Just general random musings from from people we follow and, and listen to. Uh, like Thomas, at Thomas Swatland on Twitter. He said he had an iOS interview coming up and he was listening to all of our episodes to help prep for it. Um, so I hope that you... I hope, yeah, I hope that helps. <laughs> I, hope that, I hope that helps. Um, I hope that if you have had your interview that you did well. Oh, um, that too. Good yes. luck if you have not. Yes, absolutely. I'm, thank you for listening to us to, to help prep. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, hopefully I, we didn't I, let you down. I really hope it helps because, like, I mean, I, f- I feel like a theme in in our our episodes is that we don't know what we're talking about half the time. Um, but if uh, if it helps you get a job, more power to you. Like, uh, 
That's great. <laughs> Maybe what he meant was he was going to play our old episodes for the interviewers and then tell the interviewers while we were wrong. That's That would be... Man, I'd hire you for that. That'd right? be awesome. Yeah. 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 So. That, that'd be good. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of jobs... Um, oh, man. Is it at Carutherford82? Did I say that right? <laughs> I think that's close enough. Or is it Car Other Ford? Oh, it's the other Ford car. 82. You should should have stopped while you were ahead. It's like a Mustang or something? Uh, Or is it the other Ford? You keep going. You keep going. The Focus? That's an 82. That's older. Um, Anyways, uh, (laughs) he said that uh, (laughs) we we should have a a fireside intern that uh, builds uh, predetermined apps for the show or maybe one app with different parts to it uh, Mm -hmm. that uh, coincides with the episodes. So does that mean we have to interview? I wouldn't. (laughs) (laughs) I think if someone listens to the show, that's interview enough. If you can yeah. if deal you can with stomach that, us, then, yeah, yeah. Congratulations, you have the job. Yeah, yeah. So I think this is a really interesting idea, um, and he uh, volunteered himself as as tribute. Right? That's uh, he he did, which is yeah. very very brave. Very brave. Very um, brave. I think this is a a really neat idea, and uh, we need to explore this. Uh, but this probably involves a little bit of structure around it before we get started, and we can't even get a blog off the ground. So, yep. <laughs> like, we hear you, man, and we are going to work on that because I love this idea. Um, we'll let you know when we're getting closer, and uh, we'll clue you in on it and make sure, yeah, for sure you're part of it. For sure. So thank you for the suggestion. Yeah. Um, we have people going back and listening to our backlog that, that don't have interviews coming up they're just doing it is that because is fun? that because we didn't have an episode last two weeks i i don't know i i'm, I'm still trying to wrap my head around the you know why someone would would do that they said that they, they like hearing us this makes it is mind-boggling this makes me really embarrassed for the audio quality the, the first several episodes um they pointed that out yeah. And said that it has gotten better. <laughs> Good. Because I, the first, I, yeah. Go the ahead. first couple episodes, you mean like the when we thought we were going to do three episodes and then call it quits? Yeah. Those, yeah. those episodes. Right, around, right around there. Yeah. We got to episode 10 and I, I thought, well, surely we'll be stopping soon. We've already <laughs> done, you know, 300% more than I thought we were going to. Yeah. Uh, and then you yeah. bought a microphone, and now and here we are. And then I bought are. a microphone. I thought, oh, yeah. okay. I guess, yeah. I guess, I guess we're going to keep rolling with this. Yeah, <laughs> I, it worked out. Uh, so I'm pretty happy about that. Uh, and thank you, anybody who's doing that. Um, definitely not a requirement whatsoever. <laughs> I, there's no like hidden messages in our old uh, our old episodes that like we're going to clue you in on later because uh, we didn't know what we were doing back then. We still don't know what we're doing now. So awesome. Exactly. <laughs> So speak- I still have yet to get Steve to write a show note. Oh, right. Actually, no, I did that one time. Only no, it was like you didn't. I, well, I know it was like topic no, points. You it didn't. Was, it it just didn't have the notes in no, between the topics. You didn't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, speaking of going way way back, um, Owen, um, 
had contacted me over Slack and let me know that in episode three, where we talked about the differences between classes, structs, and enums, um, we mentioned that the only way to get an associated type out of an enum was with a switch statement. That's not true. So we were wrong. But Big it only happened yeah. the one time. Only that one time, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but turns out that you can actually use like a guard or an if statement uh, along with case, and you can actually extract that uh, associated type out. Um, so it'd be like guard case let something, and and you actually like yeah. So it, it's kind of complicated to talk about it, but. Um, <laughs> Go ahead and look up like guard case let or if case let, and you should be able to find some stuff uh, you know, through the Google machine. And, this would uh, be a great blog post. It would Just be a, a fantastic, blog. even yep. better would be a playground. Um, that would be amazing. Yeah. So we'll see what we could do about that. Um, uh, <laughs> I think this is really interesting, and I, I found it really cool because. Uh, enums are cool, and uh, the fact that you can guard against this or uh, if let it uh, is, is really cool too. So, yep, I agree. I also want a shirt that says enums are cool. Enums are cool. <laughs> hey, do you know what one of the best things about taking two weeks off is? What's that? It's the fact that uh, we are extremely timely with with news and and things like you know Swift releases. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we're we're right on point with that, especially when something's released like three weeks ago, and mm-hmm. or longer. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's being generous. And uh, yeah, we decide we we, we want to be current and talk about it now. Well, no, see, well, we get to, you know, <laughs> let that that new release mature. Make sure there aren't any crazy bugs in it. They don't revert anything. <laughs> um, so Swift four point one released at the end of march <laughs> and here we are at the end of april <laughs> yeah and 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 we can't skip this um we there's somebody to blame for this episode um and yeah and thank and, you we should we should call him out right now of course at eddie sill on twitter he asked us to cover this topic yeah and and we said you know, we decided we would, and then things happened, and we had to take two weeks off. I blame Eddie for that. I blame Eddie for this as well. Uh, this episode is cursed. Absolutely. It's cursed. And, and not only that, um, I was looking... Well, Zach and I were talking about the show notes uh, before this episode, and to be honest, um, some of this stuff is a little beyond my capability to to understand right now um so i think we're gonna fly through this and take a very high level approach so uh we'll do the best we can eddie um so hopefully we can uh do it justice for you asking us to do this topic but i hope so as well but otherwise yeah, it, but if it turns out terrible, it's all your fault, though. So oh, I'm I'm blaming him. I'm happy blaming him. <laughs> um, well, we were supposed to, you know, have lunch or something together, and he hadn't gotten back to me. So uh, standing Ooh, me up. Yep. Pressure's on. Yes. yes. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I do want to give a quick shout out. Uh, Sean Allen has a new uh, YouTube series where he discusses Swift news, and um, he is. Uh, culpable for <laughs> leading me to 
Two Straws' blog. Two Straws? Two Straws. Two Straws. Two straws. Uh, so, <laughs> Sean talked about Swift 4.1 in his video where he pointed out that Two Straws, Paul Hudson of Hacking with Swift fame, created an entire playground and article covering what was updated in 4.1. So, I thought, that seems amazing. Um, I downloaded the playground. I reached out to Paul. I said, hey, your stuff is awesome. Can I use your notes as a template for our show? And he is awesome and said he had no problem with it. So I immediately just ripped everything directly from him. (laughs) He's cool with plagiarizing. He's cool with that. Well, I mean, I I obviously uh, didn't write everything word for word. And and there are extraneous O's and U's that I left out as well. Does that still count as plagiarism? Yeah, and I'm pretty sure you can't search through podcasts and do like one of those uh, plagiarizing things on you know like the, how your English teacher does that on web where they copy like you know a paragraph they didn't put on the web and see if like it's plagiarized. I don't think right. you can do that with a podcast yet, so I think we're good. Good, good. There aren't any yeah. dangling e's in the notes either. Yeah, as long as we so. don't tell anybody that we plagiarized it. Yeah, no, we'll nobody, just keep this yeah. between us and the listeners. It'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be good. <laughs> so nobody tell two straws about this at all. Um, and if, if you really think I plagiarized, then just go directly to his website and read it for yourself. Yeah. I, in fact, I implore you, go check me on this. Go to his website. <laughs> yeah, actually, go to hackingwithswift.com and check out the blog. Yeah, I think it's a great idea regardless because I think we're just going to give an overview and uh, if you want to play with some of this stuff, uh, definitely check that article out. It's it's great. You just copy and paste or I think he's even got the whole file at the end, right? I believe so, but it's yeah. been a couple of weeks since I've looked at it. So why are you calling me out right now? Yeah, of course. Yeah. If anything, <laughs> you just copy and paste all of this stuff there. So sure. There you it's go. pretty sweet. Oh, no, there it is. <laughs> it's at the top, not the bottom. God. It's at the top. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It's on there somewhere. Without further ado, Zach, kick us off. All right. So Swift 4.1 is the first minor release to Swift 4. Spoiler spoiler alert. Uh Swift 4.2 it's out any any day. Um it's yeah. supposed to be it's it's imminent, okay? So now's a good time to go back and look at 4.1. Remember all the times we had with it. Um <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> one of the uh biggest introductions is uh, synthesized equitable and hashable okay um what does that mean so these are two protocols and uh, equitable will allow two instances of the same type to be compared right so you have the equals equal sign to check whether two uh objects are the same okay and i what i remember the same type what i remember i don't do this Actually, I don't think I've ever done it. Uh, but uh, what I remember about Swift, like one of the cool things about it is with equal equal, you can overload that operator and make any two of the same type thing be equal. So like normally, like let's say it's a, a number, like three is equal equal to three, right? Those are two integers. Or if mm-hmm. you have a, a variable that is an integer, you compare it to literally the number three, you, you can do equal equal, and that's already been written for you. Um, but you can, you can write another implementation for equal, equal for like, I don't know, um, you know, if you have an object that's a class, that's like dog 
you can compare two dogs and see if they're equal. Now, that can mean different things to different people. Do they have the same name? Are they the exact same dog? Are they the same name and type? You know, right. you, you can write your own equal thing. So this yes. is different. This is, this is like that, but different in some way, right? Well, so what, what it means is um, if you... So let's stick with your dog example. Okay. Say you wanted to check whether a dog... You were comparing... This is sounds going to sound weird. You were comparing two dogs to see if they were the exact same dog. Okay. Right? Uh, like, to do like that... Ev- like every property of that dog is the same as another... Pro- the same properties yes. of a different dog. Yes. Okay. That would mean that the, the two dogs were actually the same dog. Okay. Um, if you wanted to write that function, you know, how many attributes does a dog have? Quite a few. Yeah. Right? Like your fur color, fur length, eye color, number of legs... Number of whiskers, uh, breed, and uh, no, it just goes on and on, right? Um, <laughs> writing that can be a bit of a pain because you have to take each property and compare the property of object A to the property of object B, and then see if they are the same. Yeah, and that can get and pretty tiresome, pretty. It fast. can get tedious. Um, yeah. Now with four point one and equitable, you no longer have to write that function. Well, that's so you don't write any of it, or is it like do you have to write some of it? You don't have to write any of it from what I saw. This is the part where two straws throws a computer at the wall. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, uh, you don't, I don't think you have to write any of it. You can still write your own equals equals function if you'd like, but it's not necessary. So, like, say you did want to just check whether you know the dog had the same name. And okay. that was all you cared about. You can still write equals equals and, you know, pass in the two objects and then check the name property of each object. But okay. you don't have to write the entire thing out anymore. Okay. That's that's pretty nice. Yes. And I, I'm going to assume this is the same thing for hashable too because I see that's part of the notes, synthesized, e- equitable, and hashable. Correct. So, so with hashable, hashable... Um, if you wanted to create a hash value out of one of your objects, you had to do the math yourself, right? So a hash of an object basically breaks that object down into a really long number. (laughs) Um, (laughs) all right. And so in the past you would do that math yourself. You would be, you know, multiply by a really crazy number or, uh, I think I may have seen one instance where it was an it was exponential, but I don't know hmm. if that was Swift or not. I may have okay. stumbled across that somewhere else. Anyways, you had to do the math. You no longer have to do the math. If your object conforms to hashable, you okay. now get a uh, hash value of that object. Okay. For and I, I, I could be wrong, but I, I believe this is how Swift compares strings is by hashing the string and then comparing it to another string mm-hmm. uh, to see if it, you know, and also hashing that string. So yes. that, I would guess, but I, I could be wrong there too because I didn't write that function, so I don't know. <laughs> yes, it's also useful in creating sets so your dictionary keys will be hashed to ensure that they're unique. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That makes perfect sense. Okay, cool. I don't have any more questions about that. Um <laughs> I think Oof. you explained that. So explain that pretty well. Uh, Dodge the bullet. Cool. All right. So, and also that sounds really nice because, like I said, I never wrote the equal equal like I never overloaded the equal equal function before. Um, 
and now it sounds like I don't really have to. So yay. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I never did it before, but now I get it for free, so why not? Yeah, now I don't have to. <laughs> Sweet. All right, what's up next? Um, the key decoding strategy for Codable. Okay. So we, we talked about Codable back in episode 12. Um, if you haven't listened to it, go back and uh, give it a shot. Yeah, that's what um, we're talking about, JSON decoding. You got a JSON yes. string, and you need to turn it into an object and do something with it. Exactly. Now, okay. one pitfall of Codable is that um, if you are trying to parse JSON that uses uh, snake case in its keys, and so what snake case is, is... Uh, uh, who keeps snakes in their JSON files? <laughs> um, Madmen. Madmen and Australians. Hopefully they're not poisonous. Um, though they definitely are. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> So what, what snake case is, um, so you say so you have two words, snake and case. Uh, both words are lowercase and there's an underscore in between them. So this is one of those things that like you see a lot in Android and I absolutely despise it. I'm, for those of you who love snake case, you know, to, You're each, wrong. Their, to each their own. Oh, um, is that no. how you want to play it? <laughs> no, you, you, let Zach be the intolerant one. Um, I'm going to be the one that says, <laughs> if you love snake case, more power to you. Please don't write in my code bases. Um, <laughs> but in <laughs> in Java, you have to under certain circumstances. I actually be kind of curious on the website of Java if you have to do this too. But in Android, particularly for layout files, you are not allowed to use camel case. Like It will actively prevent you from doing that. And so... You have to name your files in snake case. Is that the same in web Java? Zach? Not not from what I see. Um, most of my work is in the back end. I, okay. I mess around with the front end occasionally, and I haven't seen any snake case, at least in our code. We are so, strictly camel case. So with with... Android, uh, it does this interesting thing where it generates, it, it generates based off the file name, so you can find the different elements in these layouts, and like so, like the different objects that you put in your view. Right. Uh, and so I'm gonna guess that they only wrote it to work with Snake Case, and they never wanted it to work with anything else, and so you are forced to use Snake Case for the file name for layouts and other uh, uh, resources. It's See, really annoying. We we can't generate any of that. We just have to write it all by hand. And so we... Okay. It, it is what our objects are named, which is camel yeah. case. Yeah, which makes sense. Yep. But yeah, you, you, you have to do that in Android. So anyways, that. so if you work with cam or uh, snake case in your API, which I don't understand why anybody would do. Um, there's something cool with Codable now. Yes. So you, in the past, before 4.1, you could work with it, but you had to create a custom coding keys enum to wire everything together. Gotcha. Now Codable has something called a key decoding strategy property. Okay. So it is set to dot use default keys um, by default, obviously. Okay. And okay. that is how it works, uh, well, pre 
4.1, right? So you can use your camel case. That's what it was expecting. Yeah, yeah. But there's also a dot convert from snake case, which so, will allow Swift to handle the conversion for us. So we don't need the key coding keys enum anymore. So does this make it so um, the end result is in camel case? Is that kind of the goal here? I believe so. Okay. Cool. Uh, I would have to uh, check two straws' notes again, but I believe that's how it is. Cool. No, that's that's pretty neat. Uh, because that, uh, yeah, that would be annoying. Because if it's like exactly the same, except just the underscore and the capitalization, that'd be really annoying to have to go through an entire API and you know, write a custom decoding strategy yourself um, just for each one of those properties. Right. Ugh. Yeah. Yep. And the good news is not only is there a convert from snake case to grab the JSON, there's also convert to snake, j- snake case when you want to post the JSON. Oh, nice. So Very cool. They, they thought of everything. <laughs> nice. Yeah, well, that makes sense. You'd want to go the other way back because... If you're going to send stuff to this API uh, that requires Snake Case, I mean, it just it 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 stands to reason that if you got it as Snake Case, you're going to want to have to enter stuff in Snake Case. So that's kind of nice. I wonder. I'm just thinking that that might be useful for other implementations too, but I can't think of one right now besides an <laughs> API right now. That's yep. I work it with APIs all the time, so that's just kind of in my head. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I can see that. Yeah. So. So far, we've talked about uh, equitable and hashable, and then the uh, the key decoding strategy. Do you think there um, might be other key decoding strategies in the future? I would think so. I, I would think they, and if if not, well, I'll bet you you write your own too. Yeah, I was about to say if they don't have them now, at least they have a framework to extend it easily, right? Nice. Yeah. So that's that's awesome to see. Um, but the the previous topics we've talked about, I look, I view as more of as quality of life. Yeah, you know, like it's just it's helpful for us. Um, the next one I see as making Swift safer. Okay, and that is conditional conformances. All right, what does that mean? So, right now, you know, you can extend a type to conform to a particular protocol. Yeah. Right. Yep, used all the time. When you do that, uh, everything of that type conforms to that protocol. That's awesome. There is a stumbling block with uh, types that are tied to generics. Okay. And generics are a topic that we haven't covered because Steve is scared of them. (laughs) Um, (laughs) This is true. Uh, We we keep uh, getting generics on the list, and I I keep bumping it down because I don't know if I can explain it well enough. But we're gonna have we're gonna have to cover it one of these days. Yeah. And and to be fair, I don't fight him too hard (laughs) when he wants to bump it down either. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, Okay. We can. That'll be that'll be sometime in the future. Um, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and and just so for a for a high level overview um when you think of something like an array or a dictionary these have to be data structures that work with generic data types right cuz you can pass yeah. or you can have an array of any object right yeah it's like i mean typically when i create an array i do like a bracket 
and then put the class or struct uh, name in there, and then I close the bracket, and I open parentheses and close parentheses. So it doesn't look like it's a generic. It doesn't look like... I mean, that's, to me, the type right there, right? It's just the, the brackets make the type. Right. Um, it kind of hides the fact that really what you, sh- what you are writing behind the scenes is array open carrot thing like with a less than <laughs> signal <laughs> yes or less than symbol uh you put the class name and then you you close it with the other carrot um i can't carrot's the wrong word but like the greater than greater than less Pac- than that's pac-man looking right and then pac-man hmm. looking left so pac-man's on both sides are about to eat the the class and they're going to eat each other at the end um so i can anyways, follow that that's the that's the <laughs> the code for generic, and so you have an array with a generic type of whatever class or struct or enum, um, and so yeah, this is this would be working with those kind of things. That's why we mean generic. Yes. So when you uh, say you want to extend array because array uses generics, or say you want to let me rephrase that. If say you want to extend array to conform to a protocol. Okay. Because arrays use generics, you could be giving arrays of objects functionality that doesn't make sense for them to have. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense to me because that generic could be any class struct or enum. It could be any of those. Or, I mean, it could even be a protocol, right? Like, it could be a totally different protocol. So Um, I'm going to go through two straws example real quick. So he created a purchasable protocol that is used to buy things. Um, Then he created a book struct that conformed to the purchasable protocol. And it just prints a message when the book's bought. Um, So that, that makes sense, right? Like we're all, we're all cool with that. So the purchasable protocol has one function and it's buy. Yes. Okay. That's it. Um, Now, what happens when a customer has a basket full of books, right? You, you could loop through the array and call buy on each one of them. That's one thing mm-hmm. you can do, sure. Yep. yep. Um, another thing that Swift lets us do is extend arrays, or yeah, extend arrays to conform to purchasable, and then you can give arrays a buy method. Yeah, so and and that means just, every array in your entire code base now has a buy function. Okay. Exactly. So whether you have an array of books or an array of strings, there is a buy function. Gotcha. So but that, do, you, that doesn't make sense with like just an arbitrary string. Right. Because how are you going to buy? Well, you can buy strings, but not in those. I mean, <laughs> not you can buy in the coding sense. I mean, you can buy like spools of strings. Right. Um, you can <laughs> buy yarn. Um, yeah. You buy like the sewing thread. Uh, right. But yeah. Generally, strings are not something you would buy in programming. Exactly. Makes sense. Yeah. And so we don't want, we don't want, you know, every array to have that functionality. So what they did is introduce conditional conformance. So now you can extend an array. So let's take it back and say we want to extend arrays to conform to purchasable. So you can say extension array conforms to purchasable. You know, with the 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 colon, okay. where element conforms to purchasable. Okay, and so what that's gonna do, you would still need to implement the buy function, 
Yes. But, but now you could assume that the item that's in, like all the items, all the elements is, uh, in, in the array, you can now assume they're all purchasable, right? Because you would know that for this. Well, uh, so what I think it is is you can't even call the buy function if the elements in the array do not conform to purchasable. Yeah, that, yeah, that makes sense to me. Like that. Um, so the the arbitrary array that we had that had strings in it, right? You can't call that array dot buy. Correct. But if it's an array of books that are that are purchasable, you can call dot buy on that array. And yes. this function that you just wrote would then kick in. Correct. That's pretty cool. So it's it's nice that they are thinking of ways to uh, make Swift safer. Yeah, because otherwise, know, yeah, you'd have to like check each item, and be like, oh, that's not purchasable. Right. Don't do anything. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. So, thank you, uh, Apple developers, for this. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. <coughs> pretty <clears throat> sweet. All right. So it sounds like some pretty cool stuff that's uh, coming in on. Uh, 4.1 or came in <laughs> yes yeah, yeah a little I mean, late yeah so, so if, was, you are, if you aren't using these things you can start using them now <laughs> that's the best part they're available immediately yeah how often do you get that yeah i mean that's well, what I mean, apple it, used that, to do i'll say that sounds like what apple does like and, and right now you could go ahead and download the next operating system we're doing the same kind of thing here it's like right now you could go to your computer and you could start working with swift 4.1 see it was all thought out yeah it's great so what's what's the next one uh, the one we didn't talk about before the show because we thought it would be confusing. Recursive right. constraints. On associated types. Yeah. There's a thing called that. Yes. What does it, what does it do? <laughs> well, so it, it comes out of SE0157 and it lifts restrictions on associated types and protocols, which is a lot of jargon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, sounds like it. And I think it would be kind of hard for us to explain, you know, verbally. Okay. So, so I would suggest that everybody goes out and actually reads up on this. I was going to say recursion in and of itself <laughs> is something that's very hard to explain, right. even visually. Um, and so, yeah, uh, you definitely check out Two Straws, uh, <laughs> his, yes. pro, his playground on this one, because... Uh, I know we were, we were talking we were we were talking about this stuff before the episode, and I got to that one. I was like, I'm confused, and, <laughs> and this is this is literally what I said to Zach. I was like, I was not the smartest kid in my class. The only reason I did well was because I worked harder than anybody else. <laughs> so I think what I would need to do, like personally, is I need to spend more time on this so I can understand it because I can't ex- I can't explain it. Same here. So. Um, Knowing what we know, you know, knowing our shortcomings, we're going to uh, pass. Yeah, we'll take a pass one. on that one. Yeah. Uh, Paul does a much better job out. explaining it. <laughs> yeah, there are good resources out there. So yes. when we trust them, <laughs> much more yeah. than we trust ourselves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, but next up is something that you can speak to that you have probably a more familiar familiarity with than I do, which is uh, build configuration import testing. Well, I I, th- I think I know this one pretty well to to some degree. Um, like, uh, so this is a can import. So it's like you want to import. Um, so you know, at the top of your your uh, well, whatever the files in Swift, and you import all sorts of different things, uh, your different packages, your cocoa pods, and whatnot. Um, 
And sometimes those imports don't work for the platform you're on. Let's say you make a universal app that works on iOS, so iPhone, iPad, uh, it can even work on Mac OS, TV OS, watch OS. You want to share all this stuff between all of those. Um, not every single one of those can actually be imported. So you can actually put code in between uh, a can't like it's almost like an if statement or it has to be combined with an if statement, I believe. Mm -hmm. Um, So, but it's not like a normal if statements because this is outside the bounds of uh, a, uh, a scope. Like we're talking about uh, like within your class or whatnot. Uh, It's going to be at the top. So it's going to be hashed. I want to say hashtag. That's terrible. I feel like I'm (laughs) very Twitter-ish. It's way too much time on Twitter. Um, so like the number, number symbol, sign. number, yeah, it's, it's not hashtag. It is number or pound or anything other than hashtag um, if, and then you, you write in can import. And then because it's with the pound sign or the number sign, you have to end that with a pound and if. So definitely easier if you look at it, but it allows you to import things if it's capable of importing it and uh not importing it uh if you don't have it so it's it's nice instead of having to check exactly which operating system it is uh which device it is yep it's pretty sweet yep that that is nice um i haven't had need to to use that (laughs) very much um i have seen it in your code Uh, i came across it with the uh, keyboard scroll view stuff that that i took off of you it's in there um, yeah. but I haven't actually implemented myself. Yeah. I mean, things change based on the device you're using. So yep. yeah. <laughs> um, and the next one I know like in particular I would use, uh, is basically very similar. So instead of, uh, build configuration that you're running if statements on, you're doing it on target environment platform condition. Mm -hmm. So I don't know all of the target environments that are possible here, but like, here's a big one. If you're, if you want to know if you're on the simulator or not, if there's certain code that you want running on the simulator that you don't want running on a real device or vice versa, then you could use this target environment um, method. And, uh, yeah, you can actually target directly, you know, target environment and then in parentheses put simulator. And now you know you have this, this code can run on the simulator, not so on anything else. Yeah. What, what, can you give us an example of code that you would only want to run on the sim- simulator? Uh, maybe certain debugging that you want to mm-hmm. do only on the simulator. Yep. Um, I work a lot with NFC stuff. And the simulator cannot do anything with NFC. <laughs> and right. so it's a, it's kind of a big deal. So it's like if I want to test anything on the simulator, I have to wrap it around stuff that makes sure it's not the simulator. Um, and there's some things you could do with uh, core NFC. You could ask if it can use core NFC. And if, if not, don't instantiate it and all that kind of thing. But this is kind of nice to be able to say, hey, are you on the simulator or not? Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, like one of the things I do is 
Because like if it's running on the simulator, I know it's not in the hands of somebody that is using my app. Right. Um, I will print out a lot more stuff than <laughs> I need to. Um, like uh, the one of the things, and actually Raghav did this, and now I, I'm, I, I've adopted it as my own idea, um, is sure. uh, he will print out the location of the SQL database for core data for that app. Oh, that's so, nice. Yeah, so if we're running on the simulator, we know now that the SQL database is on that computer. And if we want to use like a, a third-party SQL um, oh, navigator, I guess would be the right word, um, we can go directly to that location. And there it is. And we just open it up in the, the third-party SQL navigator. Awesome. And yeah, so that's something we can do. Or another thing I do is I print out all the fonts that are available because I'm curious and I want to be able <laughs> to see them. Sure. Yeah, I, I wish working with fonts was easier, but uh, it's not. You have to know the exact name of the font family, and the diff like it's it's a pain. Yeah. So sometimes I'll print that out just so I have a at some point in time I can copy and paste this font right here. <laughs> <laughs> so that's fantastic. Yeah. So it's another another quality of life upgrade. Yeah, totally quality of life. Sweet. And there, I mean, I'm sure there's some actual super practical things for it too beyond quality of life um but uh i'm only thinking of the quality of life that is going to make my life better so <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right and finally we have flat map is now partly compact map okay so one of the most uh popular use cases for flat map is to transform each object in a collection and then remove any objects that were nil nil okay so that functionality now lives in its own function called compact map. So that's cool. I I don't use flat map that often. Um, in fact, I can't think of any time that I ever have. I was gonna ask or ever. I I know I've used map. I don't. Maybe I've used flat map. I don't remember. But it's not. Uh, I don't do a lot of functional programming yet. I do see the draw to it. And I do like how simple it makes a lot of things, but uh, I just haven't moved to it yet. Um, but I could see how this could be really nice if you were having to do a flat map and then go through and remove items that were nil, how kind of annoying that would be. And now <laughs> you get this as a, a function. That's yep. great. Yep. So that's awesome. Yeah, I, that's pretty great. I, I, just so you know, I like all of it. Yeah. All right, so you're going to do a lot of uh, compact maps then? No, no, no. Not even a little bit. I just, I like all of it. I like that it's there. I like that they're thinking <laughs> of it. I like that they're, they're, you know, Swift is growing and becoming, you know, more mature and stronger. I like all of it. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I, every so often I look at, uh, I can't think of an example right now, but every so often I see... Uh, like some of the stuff the Swift community does, and I go, why did they make that decision? Mm -hmm. And that really annoys me. Um, oh, man, I can't, I can't remember exactly what it was, but uh, it has something to do with uh, completion handlers. I used to be able to name my uh, input variables, um, but then they took that away for some reason. Uh, 
And it just annoys me to this day that that doesn't that uh, <laughs> you can't can't name them. Um, I feel like the the world is worse because of it. And so sometimes the uh, the community goes a like a weird direction that I'm not under. They're probably smarter than me, and so this is probably better. And I I can't think of reasons why it's bad that I can't do the thing I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's nice to see. Like I think all of these are things that I would be happy to have, and I, I am happy to have. Um, like I don't use maps that often, but this actually sounds really nice. Uh, prov- you know, do a transform and then only provide the things that survive that transform. That's cool. Yep. Yep. So. I like I like seeing it. Yeah. Um, real quick, <clears throat> I know we talked about two straws and his article and his playground. If you want to run the playground, you need Xcode nine point three, which means you will need to upgrade to High Sierra High Sierra if you do not have it yet. Yeah. Which is something I had to do. <laughs> I was I was wondering like I've been on High I I didn't even notice but uh, yeah I've been on High Sierra on all my computers for a while now so you just upgraded yeah. why did you why did you hold out for so long uh no real need and mm. I like I love it when Apple bugs me with the little uh, notification <laughs> isn't that do the best want, do you want to upgrade to High Sierra you can see what yeah. you're missing out yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, I was get, getting all the bugs for the most recent version of iOS because I guess there was like a point release, not a point, uh, not a point release. What's the what's a sub point? You know, like a, uh, uh, and, I don't know what version we're on right now, but like <laughs> it's like eleven point three point one or something right. like that came out right. like yesterday. The, the, the double dot. Yeah, the double dot. So I get a double dot update, and it's just like it's been bugging me all day. It's like, all right, I'll let my, I'll do my iPad now, and I, I haven't done my phone yet. So yeah, so It'll be, bug me every day now until it's done. Yes, it will. Um, real quick, well, I want to give a sh- what's that? Nothing. I was about to say okay. that we were we we covered all of it. So it sounds like yep. you're gonna do shout outs already. Go yep. for it. Uh, of course, the, the biggest shout-out goes to Two Straws. He helped me out a lot. Um, I took you know all of the notes off of his content. Um, so head over to HackingWithSwift.com and check out what he's got to say. Um, I also recently purchased one of his books, Swift Coding Challenges. I realized that you know this podcast is great, but I haven't spent a lot of time actually writing in Swift code for the past few months, and that needed to change. Um, so I needed to find a way to do that. And I didn't want to sit down and start writing an entire app. Um, I wanted kind of a little, a little kickstart and I came across his book and I really trust him and I know that he puts out quality stuff. So I I purchased it. Um, I told him, you know, how much I enjoyed it while we went back and forth and he actually provided a 50% off code for listeners is that to oh, spite? Is that to spite you because you already pay full price? Uh, I mean, I'm fine with it. It's <laughs> it's worth. It is worth full price. 100 percent worth full price. We're gonna put that link uh, if you want the discount in our show notes. Um, it is a fantastic book. So if you want to pay full price, buy two at 50 percent off and give one to a friend that should be doing more coding challenges. But then the friend won't buy any. Well, then have them buy two and have them give both away to two more people. But then, okay. I think this falls <laughs> apart pretty quickly. It's like pat, passing it forward. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. that's. I suggest you go check it out. Yeah, definitely check it out. We'll put the uh, the link in the show notes. Yep. 
And I already pointed out, you know, our buddy, our pal, Sean Allen, has got a new YouTube series. That's also a great way to, to stay up to date on Swift news. Um, the thing about Swift is it's very hard to compile everything that you you may need to know into yeah. you know little chunks because there's new stuff coming pro- cropping up all the time. Well, not not um, only not only that, the new stuff tends to be. I, I would argue that the new stuff tends to be really complex. Like you have yes. to really understand like a lot about the language to understand why this is important that this thing came out uh, or not important. So you can skip it. Um, and yep. so, yeah, it's uh, yeah. Sean does a great job with that. So, yep. and so there are uh, every Monday he puts out a video that is 15 minutes or less. It's funny. I asked him, um, are you going to, are you planning on doing that during WWDC? And he flat out said, no, <laughs> He's like, not, not even going to try. I said, I, I get that completely. You would drive yourself crazy. <laughs> yeah. Good, good for him for being decisive on yep. that. I, I think it's a great, great plan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we have hey. some Swift coders news. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think, I, I think, uh, you and I should take credit for this. Uh, we probably oh, don't sure. deserve, we don't deserve it, we but, do. um, uh, somehow, uh, maybe because we jumpstarted him, uh, Garrick, uh, actually put out a new episode of Swift coders. Yes, he did. It was a, uh, conversation with Harlan Haskins. Um, I again, I listened to this weeks ago. I don't remember what they spoke about, but I remember enjoying the conversation. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's awesome. I'm uh, very happy that uh, Garrick did that, uh, and uh, definitely check that out. Uh, yep. And Harlan is a very—he's uh, a smart guy. Yeah. He, I, I remember being very impressed. I was like, man, he knows what is up. Um, and I, I just, it was one of those that I listened to and I just was so impressed with his (laughs) caliber of knowledge, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's one of the nice things about listening to Swift coders, uh, you know, try to jab Garrick to do more of these, um, just seeing like getting the different personalities in, um, into the discussion and hearing what they have to say, um, I, I know I enjoy talking with you, Zach, every week, and I hope everybody enjoys uh, hearing our voices every week. But uh, there's definitely something you said about getting a new voice in and hearing their perspective, their thoughts. Uh, yeah, I think it's great. Yep, uh, I agree. Yeah, so hopefully it keeps going with it. Yes, indeed. Um, we also expect a new Swiftcraft podcast up by our, our buddy E-Man. Yeah, yeah. So, what, he has two episodes out now, right? He's got uh, three out, and he usually releases out. towards the end of the month. Um, he may have one out right now that I haven't actually downloaded yet, but I would, I would okay. expect it out very, very soon. Um, also, uh, Learn Swift is going to be releasing new episodes this very week. Yeah, so keep a lookout for uh, Stephen Sherry's uh, episode there. Do we have any idea who he uh, interviewed? I don't uh he's he's given me a list of all of the people he has interviewed so far like i think he has a a few weeks already done i'm not sure who's first see that's smart we should do that (laughs) uh do you do you have nine hours no i don't i really don't uh yeah and that's exactly how we got in the hole we did (laughs) yep exactly 
Exactly. Maybe one maybe one of these days we'll think ahead, but uh today is not that day. No. No, I will uh, say speaking of thinking ahead, we will probably not have a new blog article this yeah. week just like we have in the past couple of weeks. We're still Well, it's you know, my turn. It's it's my turn to finish my blog and in <laughs> uh, all like okay, so I told you all. I told you all I hate writing blog posts. I'm not good at them. And this is like a personal battle for me to like do this. But then when I have less time and work stuff comes up, it it's makes it even harder. It. It yeah. It, yeah, it's easy to cut. It makes it even harder for me to do it. So bear with me. There will be a dramatic and epic conclusion to the, the first part of my blog article. And then I'll write other stuff too. Um, I just need to get it in me to, to write it out. So... I know I'm up next, uh, and then I'll put the pressure on Zach. So that works. So hey, yeah. everybody, get out on Twitter and uh, tweet at SW Berard. <laughs> Tell him to, to get to writing. Yeah. Whatever he's doing, he just needs to stop doing whatever that is and start writing. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, uh, you know, just throwing this out there, uh, we're still looking for anybody who's interested in writing uh, blog posts with us. Um, yes, because, because <laughs> the last two weeks. They will happen again to us at some point. Yep. We know this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, we'd love to get your work out there. We have a platform and uh, we'd ha- be happy to support you um, any way we can. So. Yep. And I'd also like to say that, you know, I've, I've spoken with some people that are interested in writing, but they are worried about their experience level. Um, I completely get that because I feel it every week on this podcast. <laughs> um, yeah. But you don't need to to worry. Um, yeah, our listeners are fantastic. We've had literally nothing but love uh, yep. from everybody, uh, and and you'll except, be putting except for, your, that, except for that one guy. Well, I forgot about him. I don't. Yeah. I don't focus on the negative like yeah. you. <laughs> the, the fire, the fire breathing monster. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it's a very very. Uh, good community and if you want to write we're more than happy to host it yes absolutely regardless and, of skill level in all in all honesty i'm joking about that one guy because there was that no that one guy um and <laughs> i'm really thankful uh for the awesome community that's that uh is out there that uh gives us a chance to uh talk about this stuff and and teach this stuff to you guys for sure. If you want to call it, if you want to call it teaching, um, <laughs> stumbling through, <laughs> stumbling through it. Um, all right. So I think, uh, that's enough of that. Um, yep. Yeah. Anything more you want to add Zach? Uh, yeah, you can reach me on Twitter. My handle is at Z one. That is Z F is in Frank, a L G O U T. And then number one, how about yourself? And you can reach me at SW Berard. That's B as in boy, E R A R D as in dog. And our show Twitter is. Do you remember? Uh, I think so. Fireside underscore Swift. Did you just scroll up to the top of the notes to see where I wrote that? Did you write on the top of the notes? Wow. Uh, yeah, and it's even got the email too. Fireside <laughs> at Fireside Swift at, at gmail.com. Haha. <laughs> yep. No, I, I didn't. I didn't. Nah, yeah. That's there uh, just I, for I, you. What I did do is I looked up and thought to myself, is it without an underscore or with an <laughs> underscore? <laughs> nope. Twitter is with the underscore. Email is without. Cool. And you can reach us whichever way you please. Yep. 
Yep. Well, thank you all for coming out, and uh, we will see you next week. Y'all have a good one. There's a difference between disassembled and destroyed. It looks destroyed. Destroyed, to me. destroyed. I mean, it's a fine line. Uh, destroyed implies it can never be used again. Disassembled implies it will most likely not ever be able to be used again. I'm gonna <laughs> go with the latter here because engineers are like of the type. I could take this apart and put it back together again, but you put it back together, and there's always extra parts. Um, yep. Yeah. That's exactly uh, what I was thinking as well. Yeah. As I was doing it, I was like, what are the chances I remember where each one of these screws went? Yeah, it's going to take like a week for you to get your part. Um, yeah, and you're. Oh, no, it'll be here tomorrow. No, no, that's that's what you think. It'll be here tomorrow. Yeah. That's it'll be you... here tomorrow. <laughs> Steve, it will be here tomorrow. <laughs> that's what you think. It'll be. He- Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> Uh, and do you have the uh, clotheslines just throughout your house right now? It's getting there. It's getting there. We have a pile of damp clothes. Got a couple blow dryers just going nonstop. Uh, I mean, that's I mean, oddly. I mean, oddly enough, that actually sounds like a like a solution. That's kind of yeah. where we're at. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate when things break. Yes, it is unfortunate, especially when you go at them like a crazed monster. Well, I'm trying to figure. So here's the thing: it, <laughs> it, you know, it stopped spinning, and we had just run a load of laundry right before that. That was perfectly fine. So mm-hmm. I thought the belt broke. Right? Um, okay. You know, the motor. You could turn the dryer on. And you could hear the motor running. Okay. So I wasn't worried about that, which is, you know, it made me feel better because motors are expensive and then that's definitely not something I want to deal with. Mm -hmm. Um, I figured it was the belt. I thought, you know, I can at least take it off and look at the belt um, or disassemble it and look at the belt. And Mm -hmm. um, it took me 20 minutes to figure out how to get the top off to see the drum inside yeah yeah. uh i was looking for and here's the other thing it's not a good sign when you google your model number and nothing comes up for it (laughs) i I was stunned um i don't know if we just got a (laughs) one-off that samsung decided to put out um Uh, samsung all right i couldn't find i know right if if apple needs to make a dryer (laughs) (laughs) forty thousand dollars it'll have one button yeah uh, but it'll do everything you need it to yeah um and siri will still suck on it uh (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly siri start the laundry siri start the laundry (laughs) i don't know that (laughs) <laughs> um anyway did you, so did you hear the latest about defining the uh the word mother no mm, ask siri uh to uh define the word mother don't say define mother say define the word mother oh god i don't even and then a- and ask her to continue oh no 
I maybe maybe after the show. Don't do it with your kids around. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> so I get I finally I so on YouTube there was one lady who said you just stick a screwdriver into this joint and then pry the top off and I was like that doesn't sound right. That does not sound good. <laughs> um, and I went and I looked at my dryer and I was like, well, my dryer does have that seam there, so it looks possible. And I kind of you know I stuck the the. Uh, flathead screwdriver in there and, and kind of monkeyed with it a little bit just to see like what kind of give there was uh-huh. and it was just it was way too tight i was like no this this feels wrong this is bad there's a screw in <laughs> there and i'm sorry this. To, i'm sorry to right. bend my nice dryer right and so i uh i went back to youtube and i found someone who dealt with a Samsung dryer that was close enough to mine that I thought they could match up. <laughs> so I watched how he did it, uh-huh. and it turns out that this model is assembled the same way that his model was. Oh, good. Okay. So I was able to follow him from there on out. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's in like seven different pieces right now. <laughs> and the part that broke, so I thought it was the belt, um, I finally got the lid off. The belt was intact. I could pull on it and, you know, it obviously did not come out of the machine. So therefore it is still a circle or whatever shape a belt, <laughs> the belt was in at that point. Okay. Right. It was, it was still connected. It was still one piece. All Although right. I guess if it breaks in the middle, it's still one piece. It's just yeah. not attached. Yeah. Um, it was still intact. How about that? Okay. Um, so I thought, okay, cool. Maybe it just, it came off of, there's a, a pulley inside. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it just came off the pulley to get to the pulley. So, you know, you take the lid off to examine the belt. The pulley is in the bottom underneath the drum. Okay. Which means you take off, you, you, you to... have to take off the door yep. and you have to take off the drum. Yep. And there are screws everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And how do you and keep you track don't know of where each which one ones? Goes. Well, and that's the thing. You're not even supposed to take all of them out. So you you have to kind of do a little a little uh, sleuthing and say okay I need to take this piece out what screws attach this piece to something that is not this piece yeah right because there are there are screws that are internal to that piece okay um so you find all of those you take them all out and uh, <laughs> I got the got the door off there were four screws holding the drum in got the drum out and I looked down. And the it wasn't that the belt came off the pulley. It was that the the internal pulley, the in, the in, the inner part of the pulley uh, wheel melted. Gosh, gotcha. it's just it is a it must have been a molten mess of plastic. It is nasty. <laughs> so it's like it's, and, it's seized up and because the belt was still moving, it rubbed it until it melted. Well, no, 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 no. See, that's. No? That's the thing, right? If it were the outside, I would think that the wheel had stopped and the belt melted the outside, right? Okay. This is the inside. Like So how so, do you so how do you know replacing this part will actually work? Because this is the part that holds the belt that spins the drum. <laughs> I mean, I don't know that it will work, but it's a hell of a place to start. I guess that's true, but like, I, it makes me think that I mean, something melted it. Do you have dragons in your dryer? No. What I, 
what I <laughs> what I'm thinking happened is this part sits right behind the motor. Uh huh. And we had already run a couple of loads today. Like we had just had laundry piled up. You uh-huh. know. Uh huh. It was one of those days. Um, and I think there was just too much friction over a long period of time that didn't give it, I don't know, rest time or whatever it needed or either that or, um, just some part of the internal, uh, assembly itself wasn't spinning the way it should. So this wheel sits on like a smaller metal wheel that sits on a a pin or a screw. So that inner metal wheel will spin when the outer wheel will spin with the spinning of the belt so if that inner metal wheel, I guess if it gets caught on that screw and it doesn't spin as freely as it should, it will spin slower or more slowly than the outer wheel. And okay. you'll have enough friction to melt it. While the outer wheel still spins because if the the outer wheel still has to be spinning or else the outside of the outer wheel will be melted. I need a diagram. I need to draw a diagram. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think you lost it's, me a little bit there. Yeah. But especially because while you were felt, talking, while you were talking, I decided to look up uh, Samsung exploding washing machines. Oh, um, yeah. No, that, that happened. Uh, yeah. The, so it's like... The, like when we have, we have that model, um, <laughs> you don't run... I think it's blankets or whatever, like bedding. Do, uh, do you know what their wait, fix wait, was? You, wait, 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 wait. So you're saying you haven't washed your bedding since you bought that washer and no, dryer? No, we wash it. We just don't use the bedding setting because that is ridiculous. Um, the uh, Do you know what Samsung's fix was for that? To give you a new washer? Oh, that would be nice. But there was something they could do that was much more cheap than that. That sounds like Samsung. What? Uh, so, you know... You have the dial on the washer, and you can spin it to whatever uh-huh. setting you need. Uh-huh. Um, bedding being one of those settings, well, they sent out a new applique to go over the old one. Oh no! Without a bedding setting, <laughs> so you just like it's still there. You just can't see it. Right? Uh, yes, but the thing is that you can still select it, right? Yeah, like spinning yeah. the wheel, like the wheel doesn't know, or the, the machine doesn't know that that applique oh is my. covering it. So I don't understand how that fixes anything. Oh, <laughs> oh that hurts so bad. But that actually, that, that fits Samsung's MO. Like it yeah, really does. So that's because we had that. And while this whole stuff was going on, we looked into it and we saw that that was their solution or it might've been their proposed solution and they didn't go with that. But after we saw that, we just kind of moved on and we were like, we just don't use that setting. It'll be fine. We will wash our sheets on normal with, you know, yeah. adjusted settings and yeah. we're fine. Yeah. But wow, oh, right? <laughs> no, it's if you don't see it, it's like it's not even there. Yeah, but the machine can still run it. No, 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 no. It it wouldn't do that to you, not and, to you. And they have melty uh, pulleys. So yep, melt melty pulley assemblies. Yeah. So I mean, this makes you really want a Samsung washing machine and dryer yeah. or or phone. I'm assuming they probably have pulley assemblies in their phone too. They do. Those probably aren't any Absolutely. Better. That's yeah. But they have faster pulley assemblies than iPhones. So, that's something mm. that they can say that they are honestly faster with. 
Right. Yeah, they can they can do that. It just melts, which is fine. <laughs> yeah. Which is fine, right? You just you're going for the press release. Yeah. <laughs> they don't they don't they don't talk about that in the press it, but but you know, like it really you know, at can least it's, it's a about, stat line. <laughs> can we talk about how Samsung has the most explodey products on the market? I mean, they should market that. Like, I mean, they are on fire, literally. Literally. Um, like that should be their that should be their uh tagline, like Want to live dangerously? Buy Samsung. Yeah, go, they should. They should capture the extreme audience. Like go Can for like skate, skateboarders and like people who jump out of planes and like all that kind of stuff. There, there is probably some intersection of someone who owns both a Samsung exploding washing machine and a Samsung exploding phone. <laughs> there is someone out there who who owns yeah. both exploding yeah. products. Oh yeah, yeah, and they're proud of it too. I'm sure they are. Yeah, they should be. I mean, they right. they might get paid out in that double indemnity clause on their insurance. <laughs> They're braver than I am. They're going for that accidental death by <laughs> making the accidental death part less of an accident. <laughs> I was talking on the phone while running my sheets. I was sitting, <laughs> sitting on the washing machine <laughs> while talking on my phone. Phone exploded. Washing machine exploded. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yep. Yeah, that'll do it. Oh, jeez. 